Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Doctrines of Rad, which stands for Reformed American Dudes. Dudes. Uh, dudes. <laughs> dudes. Dads. Yeah. Dads. Dudes. Obviously. Same thing. Same I thing. I totally remembered. If you're a male, that applies that that applies to you. Logan, what is a man? You know, we'll never we'll never know. We'll never know. <laughs> what is it? You know. Speaking uh, of what is a man, I actually saw that you have at least saw part of the Matt Walsh Daily Wire documentary called I, What is a Woman? I would love to hear your thoughts. I watched it this week as well. I watched the whole thing. Uh, I was thoroughly, exhaustively entertained. It was it was good. It was just really entertaining. It, the whole thing was just a just had me. The knee slap. I was watching on my phone, so I was just the whole time just staring, like just clips. They, it was just well done. Did well you watch done. it? Regardless how you feel about it. No, watch the whole thing straight there. Okay. So when I first watched it, I saw it on TikTok. Somebody had posted it in parts. So I mm. watched like nine parts of it, like nine 10 minute videos just to get it on TikTok. Um, but I ended up getting I was sitting down and watching it with my wife uh, all the way through. Um, I felt like it was good, but I do feel like uh, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, but I feel like it was lacking a little bit. Ooh, uh, what way? Well, it offered I, I feel like, you know, he he did a pretty good job kind of leading it. It was kind of long leading up to like the idea of all these experts that can't really define what a woman is. Mm. Um, and then he starts to go into the actual medical side of it where he's uh, talking to that uh, woman who transitioned to male and was talking about the suicide rates uh, within the first seven to 10 years after a transition, the suicide rates are so high. Uh, and this, this woman um, who regretted her transition was, was referring to all the medical procedures that are not reversible uh, so on and so forth. But I, I don't feel like the, the video, and you guys can tell me if you agree, if you guys saw it too, but I don't feel like it offered a solution. I feel like it did a good job painting a problem, but it, you know, if I were to produce it, maybe this is just where that we differ, but if I were to produce it, especially as a believer, and I know Matt Walsh is a believer. Is um, he? Yeah, he's a, he's Catholic. So, you know, for whatever oh. that means, but yeah, I mean, if you see the Chiro that he has, the tattoo that he has on his arm, mm. it's the Chiro. It's the I, I think it's the Chiro. You know the you know what I'm talking about here. Let me see. I'm gonna we're gonna look it up while we're talking about it. Uh, Matt Walsh's tattoo. Um. Anyway, I felt like it didn't pre present a uh, solution to the issue. It only, um just gave us that there was a problem. It is the Chiro here. I'm going to show you guys a picture of this real quick. So check this out. Uh, I'm going to share it real. Here you go. Share screen Chrome tab. Here we go. You see that I there? Love... Yeah, that is the Chiro. I believe it's well, you see the alpha and the omega there. Um, that is, I believe, a Catholic symbol, but uh, uh -huh. he is a believer. So I, I was feeling a little bit, I think, a little frustrated that you know, the solution is the gospel. The solution is that we are created in the image of God. Now, he did have a theologian on there. Um, mm. He did have somebody, but they didn't. I feel like they should have said, look, we are created in the image of God. God has made male and female. Uh, that is the standard in which we live. And that is also the standard in which science and biology agrees on. And if that had been the end uh, I feel like that would have been a better 
you know, I mean, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, with the information that was given, sure. Um, I think the idea there was what is truth and mm -hmm. we don't falter from that. So it ends with the Dr. Phil uh, portion where he kind of rebuttals to why do you care so much? And he explains because I care about the truth. I care about yeah. our society. I care about how people are being treated, right? Children specifically and uh, people who are having their, you know, rewards or awards, excuse me, uh, stripped from them because male uh, men are coming into female sports, right? Um, but then, it, so the whole the whole premise, right? So it starts with him leaving his family, right? Asking, okay, I got to go on this journey to figure out what this means because I have daughters. Is my son a daughter? I have a wife. For him to just end up back at home where his wife gives him the definition of what a woman was. Um, I guess the solution is... Right. It, it was, it was, it was kind of poetic in a way, right? It was uh, good but, for what it was. I mean, it was certainly wasn't a bad documentary. I just think that there, you know, we can always critique stuff, but yeah. like an application point by point, here's the solution. One, two, three. Um, but he, yeah, it, it doesn't do that. Right. It leaves it open. Right. Um, I, because of the daily wire and the way it is, uh, the, the way it is and what it is, um, I think for it to make a documentary where they openly declare the gospel as a solution, um, especially with Ben Shapiro being a non-Messianic uh, sure. Jew. Sure. Um, I, I guess I guess they were appealing to everyone. Um, but I guess the solution is. And I'm pretty we, sure we, Jews also believe that, uh, the, that males and females were created male and female. You know, I mean, <laughs> like you could at least agree to that as a Jewish person, I would think. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, I would say this, uh, it radicalized me and I had to take a moment ah. and pray and let go of my anger. Um, because mm. I wanted to go get like little posters and make signs, man. I'm like, Oh, this yeah. is cause it, cause the way he paints that picture of how kids are being manipulated and they're, and they are being manipulated. Right. And they're, um, being in a sense, uh, not institutionalized, but radicalized in a way that supports that agenda. Mm. And then they're making life altering decisions that they regret and ultimately leads to suicide. Um, I, that, that made me sick inside, man. I just, I didn't, it just appealed to me in a, in a way that I couldn't understand. Um, and so I was, I was angry. I, I the best way to explain it is I was radicalized from it and yeah. I just had to calm myself down. What, how do we how do we combat this in a in a gospel centered way? Right. Yeah. So when you say rat, I mean, what do you do? You feel like there it, it invoked feelings of like uh, of hate. Yeah. Feelings yeah. of hate. Yeah. Towards who? And I I'm not a person that can hate people. <laughs> like I at least I don't think I can. I've I've never hated We're anyone. We're not supposed to. Um, right. Um, the I guess anyone that is. I guess just the the community as a whole, man. The the I hate saying that, but the, like not not so much the individuals within the LGBTQ community because they're people, but like the organization itself is cult like, mm. right? It, it is its sure, own it's religion. It, it, yeah. it is its own religious institution. It has its own dogmas. It has its own sacraments. It has its own symbols and uh, um, iconography of not iconography, but well, it has its own flag. Yeah, iconography, right? So, yeah. um, maybe, maybe I just had these feelings of like you're you're destroying the civilization around us mm. with these lies. Yeah, 
So I had to calm myself, pray, just to appreciate the documentary for what it was. So what do we do now as Christians? Like this is information. Like this is a different. Uh, this is a different challenge than a lot of people in the society have dealt with. Um, with the issue of sexual fluidity, sexual identity, gender identity, uh, stuff like that. So how how are we supposed to respond as Christians? What are we? Should we should we be quiet? Should we sit back and just say, you know, hey, you know, ah. That people will do whatever they want to do, um, or is there is this a call to action for Christians? What do you think uh, we're supposed to be doing? Yes, absolutely. So we it, it is a call of action, call to action, right? We we do not compromise. Right? We do not compromise the gospel or the truths of God's scripture for our culture, right? The gospel is a cross cultural message. It brings and redeems cultures um, together, right? Without having to actually change the culture except for those things within that culture that are morally that are against God's moral law. Um, we speak out about it, right? That's what we've been doing with abortion. And here we are today where we're, you know, overturning Roe v. Wade. So we, we do the same thing we did in love though. It's not, I I think if you know somebody who is a part of this community, open dialogue, have conversations with them, you know, why do you feel this way? What is it? Okay, so what about this community gives you some kind of solace, right? An affirmation for what you believe. But we we need to act, like, we call sin what it is. Sin is sin. End yeah, I, it is interesting, you know, this community aspect. Uh, and I do wonder in, with the last two years where society has shifted to this more introverted type of society, don't go out, you might infect people. Uh, stay away, shut everything down. Um, in the last two years, it, it, we see a great example of people looking for uh, a belonging, some place to, uh, you know, I was thinking about this. You, you remember the TV show Cheers? I know you're not you're not that young. You have you must remember Cheers or Frasier around that time frame, right? Or you don't remember the TV show Cheers? Well, where everybody knows your name. Oh, thank God. Okay. All right. So, yeah. So, <laughs> you, you remember the TV show Cheers. So, you know, the whole purpose of uh, what what that show e- evoked in people was the sense of belonging. It was a place where the people from all of these walks of life, you know, different places. Professions. Uh, different struggles, different professions, where they all met. Uh, in a place where everybody knows their name. And, and the thing was that the shtick of the show was every, the, as soon as the person walks into the bar, everybody yells their name. Every, mm. you know, if Norm walks in, everybody's like, Norm, you know, that's the only guy I ever remember. I didn't watch much of the show. Um, but that sense of belonging, man, like God has, we need to, we need to break this down and, re, and, and realize, I think that God has put in us uh, this natural, desire to be a part of a community. He has put in us this this desire to belong with other people and to share our lives with other people. Uh, People of all cultures, of all sexual orientations can feel lonely, right? Like loneliness is a reality. And so um, when there is a community that is willing and open to accept anyone uh, and it is such a strong ideology um, 
you know, almost like an, ex- it's, it's kind of an, ex- I mean, it's, it's inclusive, but also a little exclusive, right? Because mm. uh, it, they, they, they begin to say that, well, you can't really belong if you don't do these things, but they bring everybody in. So it's like this cultish idea of, oh, well, everybody's welcome. We love everybody, but they really don't because if you oppose it, they don't love you. They, they're actually against you. Yeah. What's up, Brock? Brock found the podcast. Oh, there you go, buddy. You did it. Found it. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Yeah. So if you think about it, so um, there, there are particular dogmas within the foundations of their belief system that you just don't say, which is why in the documentary, they can't answer the question without destroying their own worldview. Absolutely. So they have to avoid it. They have to, and then turn it around and say, well, it's, uh, you know, racist, sexist, it's uh, uh, bigoted to even ask such a question. Why do you even care? Like, just answer the question. Well, it's a woman is anybody that identifies as a woman. What is that? Identifies as a what? And he kept doing yeah. that and they just couldn't give him an answer because the moment they do, it, it, it their, destroys their, their walls world. fall down. Well, that's yeah. the problem, too, is like, you know, you want to say that there's many, many genders, but I only see one gender transitioning into another one. There's all of these other genders. And yet if gender is fluid, what's the need to even transition? And if you are transitioned, what are you transitioning to if if gender isn't binary? I wonder if anybody who's Zay Zim has like has, you know, transitioned to he, him or she, her, you know? No, I suppose it's possible. You know, oh, there are people that have both. Right. So they'll like when they're in moments of stress, they're she, her. Yeah. Um, but when they're in moments of praise, they're he, him, um, or this individual. Well, it really so- just depends on the, con- the, the, the situational convenience. You know, if mm. you're if you're mm. a man and you're punching a woman, it's OK if you are transitioning or if you identify as a woman in that you, moment and you can punch a woman. So, you know, like the UFC fighter, Fallon Fox, and then there's another one out there. Uh, you know, they're just abusive women beaters. That, uh, that's exactly what they are. They're men who want to beat the crap out of women and get a prize for it. Yeah, that's uh, transphobic. And, well, it's, so, it's societally acceptable now. In fact, you, you need to be on board with it or, uh, you know, there's a problem with you. Yeah. Actually, I got that from uh, Ben Shapiro and um... – Joe Rogan's podcast or on Joe Rogan's podcast where he's explaining that this individual man who had identifies a woman in times of high depression, anxiety, and stress, right? So if he's getting fired at work, he switches and then it's kind of, it makes a masquerade of what women are. Right. And it, yeah, it, it really belittles like the, the womanhood, like the, or the, the idea of womanhood in that moment. And it just make discredits what a woman is when you can just switch whenever the emotions get hard. I just really. can't. I mean, look, if, if men, if men were being under attack, would we be standing idly by? I mean, genuine, genuine question. If, if the, if the big question was, what is a man? Do you think that there would be any men that wouldn't be able to answer that? I mean, I genuinely, not a, I mean, a real man, but it seems it just seems very strange that it always is an attack on the weaker vessel. And then you see the men who are responsible for uh, uh, for upholding the glory of a woman. 
we are just we stand by the wayside and don't say anything. So women aren't standing up for themselves to say, hey, look, no, this is this is I'm a woman like I'm a woman, you know, because if it was me being if it was my if it was malehood being under attack, that there's no such thing as manhood. I absolutely am telling you I am a man. I know what a man is. I understand masculinity. It's God given. It's very important, just like femininity is God given and very important. But it is an absolute derangement. It's complete absurdity in today's world that we're even having these conversations. I was at a Saturday night. I went live and said, people in my comment section were saying, Hey, instead of uh, birthing persons, how about soul portals? <laughs> I was like, I like that. <laughs> Cause that's what a woman does. It, she brings the next generation into existence. A soul portal. I love, you know, what I really love was how Matt went to Africa and discussed uh, femininity and masculinity and the, the <laughs> transgender craziness with, with African tribesmen. And oh, they yeah, were cause... just like, this is re- like, no, there's something wrong with those people. There's something wrong with them. That's exactly what they said is like, well, if somebody was like that, we would say that they have a mental illness. Like there's something wrong. They're sick. So you have know? you ever heard, have you ever heard of, uh, you know, why? so the, the comparison there is because, you know, they, they make the argument that indigenous groups hold to this idea of multiple genders, right? That the left really tries to push that, right. um, that point. So that's why he went to Africa. And th- they even tried to argue that he found the one African tribe that uh, didn't have multiple genders. Oh, yeah. Right. Good. But here's the, have you ever heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Mm hmm. So some we used to teach uh, for advisor training, right? So you have your uh, physiological needs, right? Air, water, food, shelter, sleep, clothing, reproduction. Um, then your safety needs, right? Personal security, employment, resources, health, property. And then your love and belonging, friendship, intimacy, family, uh, sense of connection. Mm. And then your esteem, right? Respect, self-esteem, status, recognition, strength, freedom. And then the final thing is self-actualization, desire to become the most uh, that one can uh, one can be, right? Um, when you have your physiological needs not being met, where you have to struggle to eat and have shelter and health care um, and provide for your basic human needs, um, you don't have time to try to figure out, oh, what gender am I? Right. So as you as a, as a culture begins to develop in a way of like in America or in the West, where there's a lot of prosperity, um, not that it's a bad thing that we are the way we are in, in some aspects. Um, but because of that, now we're getting into this area where people have this, this extra time to focus in on, you know, they're what's going on on the inside. Right. What, who am I really? Um, and it, I think any culture that starts to develop and advance in that way is going to face the same problem we are now. Right. These these uh, um, pro- postmodernism thoughts start to to just just take over. So. But do you think that's only working because our nation has been so focused on individuality for the last like, t- t- 10 to 20 years? You probably even more. Do you think that that's the reason that that takes hold uh, so predominantly in the West and in places like Europe and, uh, you know, of course, the United States versus places like in Africa, where it really is a sense of like they live by community. They live by the village. You know, it takes a village to raise a child. So they're more 
still in the line of kind of like what God intended for societies and citizens. Yeah. Um, collectivist societies that are, that means that you are focused on the collective. So collectivist society um, really keeps that tribal mindset, right? If we, if I go out and I garden and I start a farm of some kind, everyone in that tribe is going to help take care of that farm or that garden because that's the only way you eat is by being yes. a part of the collective and take care of it. In the West, we have individualistic societies, right? We're individualistic mindset or we have an individualistic mindset where if I want to be a lawyer, I can go be a lawyer and no one's going to tell me not to. Or if I don't want to be anything, I don't have to. I can do what I want. You don't see that in a collectivist society. When the tribe decides that you're going to be a lawyer, regardless if you want to be a painter, guess what? You're going to be a lawyer and you're going to paint as a hobby on the side. Yeah, right? because you you always want to do what is best for the collective, not for you. And that's the difference. Right? So socialism. So let's be <laughs> just, let's all just be com communal. Maybe if somebody's yeah. starving, we feed them. We take care of them. And then we also tell them, hey, you got to work. You're not allowed so to communism. just sit around. Communism, then. communalism, communism. You know, we live in a communist. Uh, I, I'm not going to say that capitalism is the uh, premier, um, you know, ism out there, but it definitely is a, one of the better ones for sure. Well, I mean, it certainly seems that, uh, you know, there, it seems like in every system of government, there is a, a level of abuse and that has the potential to be abused, um, but not communism. Yes. Uh, there's a level to be, there's a possibility and a potential for abuse in all of those systems. And I think that's why, at least in the sense of capitalism, it gives the ability uh, for people, for the normal everyday person to rise to the ranks of, uh, you know, wealthier, uh, as opposed to in places like socialism and communism. It really seems like the divide is a lot larger. And then there's just a certain amount of people that are in charge uh, and they kind of dictate for everybody else without giving opportunity for for everyone. It falls apart every single time. Yeah. Why? Because well, it'll be man, different. If Bernie does it, if Bernie does it, it'll be okay. Maybe if Bernie's socialism <laughs> works, then it's going to be fine. Yeah. So, all right. So, um, we uh, okay. Cool. We talked about what is a woman. Um, I wanted to let you know that my son Trayton was baptized yesterday. Amen. Uh, Congrats, brother. Yeah, it was his uh, he's been baptized before, but he actually said that he wanted to do it because he had a better understanding of baptism. And so we went to uh, we as a group, we had 11 people baptized yesterday uh, at our church and we have a very small church. So um, 11 people got baptized. Lots of a uh, couple couples got baptized, uh, a few kids, but uh, really to see. Uh, the the growth in the Lord uh, of our church, you know, it's it's pretty awesome. I feel like we're really in the right place, uh, and uh, I will be leading worship on the Fourth of July, actually. On the nice, uh, awesome. I'm excited. Uh, yeah, pray pray for me. I'm becoming a Pado Baptist. Um, are you slowly? Really? Becoming, maybe I don't. This is fantastic news, sir. Is, is this it part of our covenant theology conversation? I just, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, well, well, this will be a, a a whole show in and of itself, right? Mm. So even my men's group is torn. There's a few that, uh, <laughs> yeah, Alexis, yes, Logan, no, because 
I could see one of the guys was like, Logan, you think it's biblical, right? I was like, yes, I can see how covenant theology uh, makes its claims. Um, but I have a preference. Like, we'll, we'll we'll do a whole episode on that. Yeah, I'm going to actually, that'll be good to give me some studying points. Maybe I can play devil's advocate a little bit uh, for you. I really don't, I don't have a, a hard stance either way. I don't, I'm not against uh, people baptizing their babies. I see, I see the truth in covenant theology. I get it. Uh, to me, it's more of a, if you feel like that's what the Lord is telling you to do, then do it. Um, and, uh, you know, don't prevent someone else from getting baptized uh, later in life <laughs> if if uh, they want to. But, yeah, I can see I can see there be a good uh, Alexis. That's hilarious. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, fantastic. Uh. Um, so, yeah, we wanted to, uh, last week we were going to talk. So this actually this week we were going to have a guest. Uh, she had to cancel last minute, which is totally fine. We'll get her back on again uh, in the future. We were going to talk about abortion, uh, abortion and uh, pregnancy resource centers and, and the options that they provide uh, for, uh, you know, young soon to be mothers and, you know, stuff like that. However, uh, we'll, we'll postpone that. So what we want to talk about last week, actually, was before we talked about pride and get got caught up talking about pride for two hours. Uh, we wanted to talk about the prosperity gospel yeah. and the what is the prosperity gospel? Why should we know about it? Uh, how much of the prosperity gospel has eked its way into your own church? Mm. I think that can be something that we should uh, take into consideration. So um, let's summarize both of us. Uh, give me some examples, Logan, of of what the prosperity gospel is. Uh, and why it would be not a great thing to to believe in? Oh, because it uh, paints a horrible picture of God, right? Um, that He's being coerced to do something. Uh, I guess the prosperity gospel, prosperity gospel, um, is basically saying, "Give so you will receive," right? Mm-hmm. Um, so if you send a lot of money to this network, to this uh, this ev- television uh, evangelist then God is going to bless you. You need to send a thousand dollars now. Why not just $12? No, you need to send a thousand specifically mm-hmm. so that God will give you the Mercedes. Yeah. And so you can help this, uh, help this, you know, this ministry grow. And then in return, God gives you something. So it's a, it's a, they, they paint it as an act of faith. However, it's coercion, right. Or an attempt to, and that's not, how we it treat the God of the universe. And it's it, it's uh, it's not just wealth. It's not just financial prosperity, but uh, it's health. It's health. It's health and wealth. Those are the two main things. And a lot of people, um, you know, what actually I'm, I'm, I'm pretty thankful because I think that you and I, you know, we're 10 years apart in age, but we kind of we're in about the same generation, you know, as opposed like in the sense of things that we can do at our age right now can be impactful to the future generations. But a lot of the prosperity movement and a lot of those people that are in the prosperity gospel are, I mean, for lack of better words, we're talking about a boomer generation of people. Like these are these, uh, I don't see the same when, when, when the current 60, 70 and 80 year old people that are keeping places like Pat Robertson's ministry afloat, and Creflo Dollar and all of that. When those people, when that generation is is done and over, you know, when they die out, I know it sounds insensitive to say that, but I'm just gonna have to. There's no other way to say it. Um, when they die out, it's gonna leave a huge vacuum because 
people our age, for the most part, aren't buying into the health and wealth gospel. They're, and, and the health and wealth gospel is the promise that, you know, God, uh, if you are a believer, if you are a co-heir, if you are adopted into the kingdom, right, you are a co-heir with Christ, then all of the riches that are available to Christ are available to the to you, the creature or the creation. Um, and that includes endless health, endless wealth. Uh, and, and, and quite frankly, uh, you are looked at if you do not have those things as being in sin, right? Yep. If you're yep. sick or faithless or faithless so that your faith must, you know, by your faith, um, when you give a certain amount of money to a ministry or you do, you know, you do these things, you, you're investing or you're, you're spending your money, uh, you're giving to, um, these places to plant the seed, they, there's this promise that it comes back tenfold. And these people will use the Bible to show, to try to say, well, you know, this is what God is wanting you to do. And so, and how they prove that. And cause it's not a, it's not a fruit, like there's bad fruit. So there's fruit being produced. Right. But the way that they prove that is by their lavish living and saying, look what we have. We came from nothing. God promises us prosperity. Look at my Mercedes. Look at my home. Look at my yacht. Look at my airplane. You know, it's look at these things that you too can have by putting your trust in Jesus. And it appeals to the sinful nature of man. Yeah. It, you are winning them over by their sin. You aren't winning them with repentance. You aren't, you aren't saying repent and turn around and believe on Jesus Christ. You aren't like the, the Lord uh, to the, to the rich young ruler who he said, Lord, what, what must I do to be saved? And he says, sell all your stuff and come follow me. And he was like, nah, fam, <laughs> like, nah, bro. Who? <laughs> he walked away sad. It didn't say that he just walked away, but he walked away sad because he knew that he loved his stuff more he just wanted the next thing in Christ but he didn't want Christ he wanted to be a part of a movement he wanted to be a part of this prosperity yeah yeah he thought he could keep the law he thought it, yeah uh, it, it, and I, I will encourage like I hope I can encourage everyone watching like these people are scummy yes right they are preying on people who are sick impoverished and old and and broken and old and yes. confused and they manipulate them mm. and they use the holy spirit to do so god forbid and what a great what a gracious god we serve that he hasn't smited them right in their place that in the event that maybe just one of them turns i was thinking today i was watching sam harrison uh jordan peterson discuss like religion and dogmas and stuff. Um, I was just thinking, what if Jordan Peterson like sparked something that plants a seed and Sam Harris comes to faith and just writes a book that, you know, kind of tries to reverse the damage he's done. Mm. Um, you know, hopefully some of these prosperity teachers actually come to truly know Jesus for who he is Yeah, and, and reverse the damage stop, they've we, done. We need to stop waiting for that though. Like I, I get caught up in when, okay. So when Kanye was really on his, like, I am all about Jesus, no matter what I was like, Whoa, 
like Kanye West is talking yeah. about Jesus openly. Like he is, he believes in the Lord. I'm like, wow, this is incredible. Like a man with such influence and such reach yeah. on that Hillsong Jesus. That's what it was. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was, a, you can see now by the, the, the fruits ultimately that yeah. uh, it, you know, it guys, I'm telling you, listen, I understand we all want to have our own thoughts about uh, free choice and all this other stuff, but the, the, what Jesus gives us when he shows us the differences in the seeds and the growth, the type of soil that these seeds are planted on. Look, there's seeds being planted all the time. Some of it gets choked out right away. Some of it, yeah, it doesn't grow. It doesn't go anywhere. Some of it grows up a little bit. It starts to look like a tree. It begins to look like something that is going to bear fruit. But guess what? It gets choked out by the thorns. It's not, it isn't sustainable. It wasn't planted on good soil and mm. God makes the soil and the seed guys. It's not like we decided the type of soil that we are going to be. God made us the type of soil that he made us to receive the seed of faith or not. It's, it's not a complicated process. I, I know I, I, I try not to, I'm not going to, I'm going to limit myself on the, on the free will stuff because I know it can get really it, annoying i understand and that's not my it's not my sole thing but uh, i do i do genuinely want people to know that it jesus christ is bigger than that prosperity gospel um it's he's not even in like he's not even in it like it's it's i know that the lord could can reach people through stuff like that i know jesus's name is being proclaimed in a lot of those ministries but man, I, it makes me so angry and frustrated at the people that should know better. And it makes me like, I'm like, God, why aren't you doing something about this? Why yeah, do you I, let it continue? Well, I, I think he is. So let's take Kanye. I imagine that somebody who listens to him and Justin Bieber, right? They hear them talking about Jesus and they go to somebody close to them that actually knows jesus and like hey you know jesus um mm. kanye has been talking about jesus and it and it was an opportunity and god will use everything to glorify him and he i don't think he wastes opportunities of any no, kind of course not. Of course they're not. all planned um so you know i'd like to believe that through that whole process somebody came to faith true saving faith um yeah in some way and, you know, just like, I, I mean, my testimony, I told you, is uh, I read the Left Behind series. I don't uh, subscribe to that type of eschatology, and yet I heard the gospel in it. Um, you know, you can hear the guy. I love when uh, when atheists uh, share the gospel with people. It's like, you guys don't realize what you're doing. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God to salvation. It doesn't matter who's sharing it. It's the gospel it in of itself is powerful enough to bring about faith and to, and for people to be saved. Yeah, absolutely. It's the only thing that we need to focus on. So when you, even, even the name, the prosperity gospel is obviously it denotes that it is different from the, the gospel, the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm. Um, and uh, you know, and I don't think that we're not saying that rich people can't be Christians and be saved. You know, um, it is an interesting parallel though, because Jesus says, you know, it's easier for the camel to fit through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to get into heaven. 
So what does that mean? I mean, what is genuinely like talk us through that, Logan? Does that not mean that, uh, you know, that rich people can't be saved? What do you think? Yeah, of course, they can still be saved. Um, They where your heart is, is where your treasure is. Mm. Right. Or where your treasure is, is where your heart is. Right. Um, It is it's there to show this difficulty. Right. That you're. Notice how it's easier to praise God in the when you're in the valleys, right? Versus when you're on the hill. Absolutely. Right. So when you're struggling, right? When when somebody doesn't even recognize that they're struggling or they need to take a knee and bow to a holy and righteous God, um, I mean, and they're comfortable and they're set, it's really difficult for them to actually come to know God. Um, mm-hmm. Now he can use anything to bring anyone, obviously, and they can be saved and. Um, you have been blessed with much so you can give much, right? So that you can give more. So I would say any rich person who is focused on wealth and they're greedy with it specifically, um, and they're not taking care of the kingdom of God or God's creation, then no, that is their fruit. All they have is their riches. Yeah. You know, this, the, the real prayer is Jesus, give me more of you not yeah. Jesus, give me more money, you know, and, and I've all, you know, and I, I haven't always felt this way. Uh, I think that it early in, in some of my younger years as a Christian, I think I probably bought into some of this ideology. I feel like I was, I, I was caught up in some doctrine that tossed me to and fro a little bit because I wasn't mature in the word. And so I would believe, you know, Hey, yeah, maybe, you know, the Lord doesn't want us to be poor. You know, like why why would the Lord want us to be poor yeah. if if we're supposed to take care of the poor? Right? Like that doesn't make sense. So obviously you can see how some of this stuff is pretty convincing. Yeah. That's right, Riss. Joseph of Arimathea, he was the rich man that gave his uh tomb for Jesus's body to be interred. Uh so yeah. And it was, yeah, and it was a fulfillment of prophecy, man. I mean, golly, if you, I just don't, you know, I wish, I wish people saw it. I, I, uh, I do, I, I really wish that the Lord would truly save everybody. I mean, I, I uh, it's a very hard for me to, to even grasp the concept that some won't be saved um, because I want, I want everybody to be saved. Like I want you guys to all know, the goodness of God uh, and knowing that he works together all things for good for Amen. those that love him. Um, and, and that good is every, like that good is a death in the family. That good may be a, a bad experience, but he works it all out because it all, it brings about the most glory. And so it really, I think it comes down to what is your end game? Like with the Lord, what is your end game? Do you want something out of it or do you just want Jesus? Yeah. So I like, even when I'm praying for people, like I'll get a, I'll get a TikTok DM and it's like, Hey, pray for me. This is going on. Sure. And and a lot of times it causes me some, like a little bit of heartburn because I don't, I want to pray for what they they've requested, you know, pray for me. And yeah. this. but at the end, I, I end up just saying, Lord, um, you know, with, with you know you know what this sister or this brother is going through your will be done in their life and i pray that you are most glorified through whatever occurs i they've they 
they have a desire for X, Lord, but if X is not your will, then bring bring your will, bring whatever it is, um, and just give them peace through it, right? So I'm always praying for peace and that, yeah, and even then sometimes, you know, God might want the suffering to be a little harder at some point so that they either correct their behavior or, you know, lean more on him and he becomes their strength. It just, I don't know. I don't, do you do that? Is that just me? Um, I'm just, I, mean, I, 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 I solely I, focus on like, Hey, if you, if you ask me to pray for you, I'm praying the Lord's will in your life. Yeah. I mean, that's what might be the opposite of what you're asking for. Well, okay. So the Bible says to make your requests known unto God. So I think that mm. th- that's all right to, to say like, Lord, look, Hey, I think I need this. Like, this is, this is what I'm feeling. This is like the solution that I feel is the right solution. But when you can go in, Oh, hang on a second. My music just started playing all of a sudden. That was weird. Um, but when you can, uh, when you can say to God, you know, but not my will, your will, like having that heart even going into the prayer to me is the most important part is that no matter what I pray, no matter what I want, I trust that God will give me what I need, that it doesn't matter what I want, but it, God sees my need and fulfills the need. And if it, if it hopefully changes my heart to want the thing that he wants to give me, you know, that's, that's what I want is I want my heart to reflect the, the, the desires of my father. Right. That's, that's what I want. So uh, I don't, I don't want anything but God's will. I know there's a lot of things that I think that I want. There's a lot of things that I pray for that I think that I need. Uh, But at the end of the day, I want the Lord to determine what's best for me because I mess up. I I'm going to ask for the wrong thing. You know, (laughs) I'm going to ask for the wrong thing. We really do. Sometimes I'm always like, then why even ask? You know, Lord. Well, because here's the thing with prayer. I, I truly believe the Holy Spirit puts on your heart to pray for what exactly you, you were supposed to pray for. Sure. Like he's the motivation that gets you to say, I really need to pray for Drew right now. Yeah. And then I start praying for you. Like, hey, I don't know what's going on in Drew's life right now, but uh, Lord, I need you to step in, bring him some peace, show him a door. Give I had him no idea you were a continuationist, bro. I'm so happy to hear this. <laughs> this is great. This is beautiful. <laughs> the Lord is giving you a word. No, that's not what I meant. Oh, it's not? Oh, geez. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah, like God doesn't speak to people nowadays. You guys. Boy, what a boring life you can you cessationists live. <laughs> My goodness gracious. You're, um, so, so you are a continuationist, right? I am a continuationist. So for anyone watching, um, I, I think a good book for both the sensationists and continuationists to read uh, is John MacArthur's Strange Fire. Have you read it? Yeah, and I listened yeah. to his uh, preaching on it too. Yeah, I was almost a cessationist because of it. Yeah. What was the the final? Well, I can't. I I can't. Barrier. I can't with what I've seen. What with what God has done in my life, man. I can't. I just can't mm. believe. I have seen the gifts in action. Now, if I'm wrong about it, then that's fine. If the Lord tells me that those weren't actually the gifts, that's fine. Like I accept it, you know, but, uh, because, because it is not an agreed upon subject, I think there is room for a middle ground somewhere. I think that there is, 
uh, I think that it's possible that cessationists get it a little bit wrong. And I think that the uh, continuationists get it a little bit wrong. Uh, I, I absolutely believe in the abuse of the gifts. Uh, like, don't yeah. believe in it. Like, we should do it. But I believe that the gifts are abused far yeah, more than they're properly used. Yeah, I was going to say the same way we were talking about socialism. The reason it always is abused is because people are flawed. Um, because of continuationist theology, it, it it's going to eventually lead. Yeah, I mean, prosperity. Look, right? this is a perfect – man, I'm so glad you said this is the perfect moment to describe the prosperity gospel in the sense of, of how the gifts are abused, which I think it gives so much um, – leverage to those that are cessationists because of how badly the prosperity gospel has abused the gifts. And so it's easier for a cessationist to say, eh, no, no gifts at all because of the abuses that have taken place than to be willing to open themselves up to the possibility that maybe God does still use prophecy in a way that maybe we don't, you know, we don't think that he would. Uh, I look Mm. at you know, when I see, when I think of, of prophecy, thank you, Brock. Brock is definitely a continuationist. I've seen too much not to believe. Yeah. I mean, I'm the same way, man. It's like, it's here. I'll leave that up for a couple seconds, but it's um, good. Cause I'm going to refute that real quick. Yeah. Well, so I just want to share, I'm going to share with you one of probably the main stories of why did we talk about uh, when my daughter was born? Did we talk about that on the podcast? Mm-mm, no. Okay. All right. So this is the, this is how, this is why I can't believe that the gifts have ceased. All right. So, um, we have three sons, um, before my daughter was born, we were in the process of adopting. Okay. We wanted to adopt. We, we really kind of, we felt, uh, impressed upon by the Lord to adopt and raise a girl. I was really just like, man, I just want a daughter. Like I just couldn't stop thinking about it. Uh, so, we went through the adoption process, all the paperwork, had the interviews lined up and everything. But because of my military service, they couldn't do a long enough home study. They had to tell us no. They had to tell us that they couldn't do, we couldn't go through the process. So we had like a, a ministry that was going to help us pay for all the stuff and whatever. So we were bummed about it. Uh, we kind of, we were just like, well, Lord, you know, if this is what you want, then this is what you want and we'll do it. And we'll, we'll just, you will believe that you're, you got it worked out. So um, fast forward a couple weeks, right? My wife is on a woman's retreat. She is paired up with this other woman uh, who um, they were supposed to get to know each other. And then at the end of this hike that the, all the ladies were going together, they were going to introduce each other to the group, right? So am I painting a good picture? Each woman was going to learn a little bit about the other one, introduce that woman, her partner to the entire group and see if they could remember, you know, like the different points and stuff about kids or not kids, but their lives, you know, married, single children, whatever, you know, backstory. So cautious continuationist. That's what I am too, Riss. Uh, so you're outnumbered Logan already, but anyway, let me finish. So, um, so she gets paired up with this woman. They finish their walk there at the end. This woman gets up and she says, uh, hi ladies, whatever. Um, this is Rachel and she is pregnant with a baby girl. And everybody, including my wife, was like, excuse me? What do you mean she is pregnant with a baby girl? Uh, and everybody's like, Rachel, is this true? And Rachel's like, I don't know. I did not think that I was pregnant. I have not taken a test and we are not trying to have a baby. 
And long story, nine months later, a whole lot of other confirmations. Believe me, a lot of other confirmations. And we were pregnant with a baby girl. And my daughter, Lyndon, was born six years ago. Um, there was so much in that that is miraculous. Uh, that is, um, there were words that were given. Um, and bro, <laughs> Riss says, bro, God can do what he wants, right? The Lord is in the heaven. He does what he wants. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that, that is one of the main reasons why I can't say that the gifts have seen, because the, the Lord gave that woman a prof- prophetic vision that there, Rachel did not tell the woman that we were thinking about having a baby, that we were trying to have a baby. Like this woman spoke that Rachel was pregnant with a baby girl and it was so. Did that woman declare that she was getting a word? Or no. did she just, so is it possible she just slipped up and it was just accurate? Sure. Um, totally possible. Because she wasn't like, hey, and the Lord told me that she's pregnant with a baby girl. She just it, said, and she's pregnant with a baby girl. She said, this, I mean, this is Rachel, so, and she is pregnant with a baby girl. So a sensationist, we, we still believe that God heals. and Of course. you know, he, It's always God healing, even when it was the apostle. he leads us, yeah. And he still leads us, and he provides, yeah. and he does wonderful things. And there's things in my life that I cannot deny. I think me and you, when we first discussed having this podcast, I was like, hey, I need to share this with you um, just so you know this about me if we're going to continue yeah. like, in this relationship in this way. Um, but I, I closed the door for a reason because of the abuse that it does. I agree. And and I, and I'm, and I think we all should close the door and recognize, okay, God does, he still does what he wants, as Rissa said. Um, and he's, he's going to use us in mighty ways and do things that help us. But Absolutely. when the perfect has come, and I know you and I disagree on what this means, yeah. speaking in tongues and prophecy specifically stop. They yeah. stop. But if you, right? you have to, again, do, like, again, my hang-up is I don't think that the perfect, I don't think that there's any clear evidence that the perfect is the Bible. Yeah. Well, so I would say that prophecy and and uh, so that mean speaking in tongues specifically would be, a reference to God's word, right? Mm. Because well, those two things are what, if those things happen in that way, you write that down. When was the Bible, write that down when was the Bible, the Bible, when did the Bible become the Bible? When it was spoken by whoever was speaking the word of God. Okay. So, right? so like, as it happened with Isaiah, as Isaiah got a word and spoke, it, it was, it was being written physically mm. and, like it's literally being spoke. So here's how I like to see it. Like as Isaiah speaks the word of God, mm-hmm. right? It's it's literally the the word is coming into creation through creation. Sure. And then it's written down. Right. And then yeah. or it's just directly written down, right? Or as Paul probably spoke to a scribe. Actually, he did speak to scribes, right? Hey, write this down and he would write this letter. And then there's times where he would write in his own handwriting, right? And we'd see, I, Paul, write my own handwriting so that you can see. Um, so what about like when the book, when when Luke wrote Acts or the Gospel of Luke, you know, which is, one of them was about what, 70, 60 to 70 AD, right? That uh, The earliest one, but a lot of them weren't written down till later. So at what point then, like was... Was the perfect already come, but it hadn't been put together? 
Right. It was it was occurring, and he's recording what had occurred. Okay. So but, remember, it's a historical book. It's a narrative, and it's but you're happening. Just, you're in specifically time. only talking about. Are you talking about Isaiah specifically? Because I was just using him as an example because I've been going through Isaiah. Well, but scripture is scripture, right? So what is the last book of scripture that was written, and how many years after Christ was on the earth was that written? Um, depends on what view you take on when. Um, well, he wrote, sure, but give me John a ball- revelations. Give me a ballpark on when you think that was about 80, 180. What do you think? Like written in, are we talking about canonized? Sure. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to clarify when, what the, what the perfect is, is the perfect, the, the canonized version of scripture is the perfect, the last word spoken in revelation and then the fullness. And then is the, where do we, where do we define and what is your, yeah, yeah. So it, it, no, it's not the when scriptures canonized, but when it was written. All right. Okay. So the so for example, the epistles when they were written is when it is completed, right? And when it is brought together, which many churches did in that time, they would pull, yeah. pull everything together as they could. It, it was the perfect being completed, but it's not so much a, an actual book as it is John being the final revelation. Right. He okay. is the last person to get a revelation from God as an apostle with apostolic authority to okay. do so. When he dies, the perfect is completed. Right? So what's it your is, evidence for that? Based on what on what standard? Basically, I hate to say it. based on what standard, sir. But what is it, the what is the evidence? The fact that there's no apostle after John. Okay. So, if right, we so he to, would be the last one to have that authority given to him by Christ, right? Okay. So with so is there a differentiation then with the gifts of the apostles versus the gifts of the church? Yes, right. They come with a sense of authority. So if we believe that prophecy and speaking in tongues that are like that are prophetic and we can continue that those things would need to be written down and it would continue. What about when the Bible says that Jesus did way more than can ever be written in any book? When, Mm -hmm. when those, when that type of, that type of language is John 20th, John 20, 21. Yeah. So what about in that sense, when it comes to, I guess we're going to be doing a podcast on continuationism. (laughs) So, so just to get back to my point is that I think we should, obviously be very, very cautious because guess who who gets abused? There's three types of, well, there's two groups, right? Humanly, the the poor and the weak get abused. And then spiritually, the Holy Spirit is just distorted and made a mockery of. Yeah, but man does that with the gospel too. Yeah, but we can't openly affirm this this movement or even allow it a door to to make that movement it's not so much limiting because sensationists still believe god heals we still believe he he of course he, he steps in and does things but he does not do things in the sense of anything that would be considered necessary for scripture right like you sure. could not get a i i do not believe that you could get a word right now mm. from god and that be something worthy of 
being put into my Bible. Like it's not going to. No, happen. I would agree with I would agree with that. I don't it's think that complete. any of us would speak with the authority of Scripture. But what? How do so you? What, so that's what I'm saying. I'm I'm equating prophecy and speaking in tongues and as something necessary for that that authority. Right? If you mm-hmm. get a prof- like, I was talking to a girl on TikTok a while back. I don't think she follows me anymore because our conversation didn't go very far. Um, because she's claiming to be a prophet. And I was trying to just encourage her that like, if this is true, if the things you're saying are true, like this is the word of God, then yeah, this, this means we have another book of the Bible that we need to write down. I don't know that it, I don't know that one leads to the other though. I, I don't see the correlation that you're bringing that if in order for the Lord to give a word to somebody that's prophetic and say it, it does come to be, it does come to pass. Uh, I don't I don't see how for you it must equate that it must be written down Do you th- because the what has been written is written. Right. Like we still have the standard by which even we should judge prophecy. In my understanding, especially as a continuationist, the word of God will always be the standard in which to judge any word that is said to come from the Lord. So if it does not line up with the word of God, if it does not confirm what scripture already says, then it is not from God. And I also believe. But if that's the standard, then we then we're not adding something to it. Well, I've never said anything about adding anything to it. You're the one that's brought up. Yeah. that 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 it must be added to the word of God. I don't think that that's the I don't think that that's the main argument that continuation continuationists make. Well, but that so that I'm holding a high view on what prophecy is. I don't think any of the prophets in Scripture, anytime they said, "Thus saith the Lord," mm-hmm. that that didn't that that didn't get to us. That that wasn't written down. Even even in the instances of the 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 years and years that were uh, of of judges and prophets, you you think that there's that there were like every single thing that they've said was written that there is not a possible that the that David or uh, any of the kings that had a prophet of God that that said something that wasn't written down if or, thus if the Lord said it yes it was written well down. how would you how do you conclude that though what scripture gives you what what scripture Ooh, gives you the authority good. to say that yeah so I, look, I'm not, hey, I'm not a, if the, again, and this is for everybody else that's mm. out there. This is not, first of all, Logan and I are brothers in Christ. We can have disagreements, okay? There doesn't have to be a definitive answer for either of us. This, these are things for us to ponder and to allow the Lord to work and, and continue in sanctifying us. So we can have a disagreement uh, without me having uh, to feel like he's wrong uh, I'm, I'm genuinely asking because I, I want to know, too. I ultimately want to do what the Lord says is true and right and holy and just. I want to do that. So if if it becomes clear um, that and if the Lord is, you know, the Lord is is has confirmed many things for me. So and I've changed my opinions over the years. So I am happy to be wrong on this. Absolutely yeah, so- so I'm pondering this and I'm thinking I'm trying I guess I'm just putting a systematic of like thought together that because the Lord is so zealous for his name's sake mm. and if he's gonna speak to his creation 
it's meaningful, right? When he's making a judgment or passing a decree of some kind, mm-hmm. that it it is common. Almost, it's almost you're you're talking about the creator of the universe, and so I I don't have scripture that off the top of my head that I could use to back this up, actually. So that's why I'm sitting here thinking. Yeah. But you're telling me the God of the universe speaks, and we don't immediately. I'm not saying he. I'm not saying he doesn't speak. Like he's still the Holy Spirit, who is our helper, helps us, right? Like he he does talk to us, right? We open up, and what do we do, right? We open up Scripture, and he reveals something to us because there's only one interpretation of Scripture, but the applications Correct. for it is endless. Agreed. Uh, right? So totally he's still agreed. he's still speaking to us, but that that is that is because that is the standard by which we judge anything we anybody says about god yeah how is that not the perfect that has come that we can judge everything else from i agree man the word of god i mean there's no question that it is god's inerrant word and that is the standard in which we must live and i am so grateful that we live in a time that we have the compilation of scripture to be able to reference at any point, even mm. to the point on like the internet, we are so spoiled. We can go, we can oh. find anything that we want in scripture. We can read it in Greek, in Hebrew. Strong's would have been, Strong's would have been so mad. He's like, you can't. Right? I-, <laughs> I went through that whole Bible writing down every time they every- said, and I did that for you. <laughs> And now you just click it. Oh, uh, strong, man. Strongs, <laughs> if you're out there, if your generation, yeah. salute to you, my brother. I am so sorry that the internet has ruined that, your business. So, but that's and your work. Like, that had to be either a quirk of his or divinely pushed. He was probably by God autistic, dude, for his, or like autistic, yeah, or yeah. autistic, or uh, I have what is it, Ashburgers. Yeah, Asperger's. something on the spectrum. Yeah, it yeah, like, or he was God told him, "Hey, you're gonna do this." And yeah, the the body is going to be blessed because of it. But that's how God preserve. Like that is so how amazing God is is how He preserves His word. He motivates people. He inspires people to do the things like make a Strong's concordance. He inspires people to create a U version of, of the Bible that can be read out loud to anybody at any time that you want to just hear the scripture. Like, dude, if there is, look, if there's not a good argument for amillennialism, first of all, that the world is continually getting better and becoming more like Christ, I don't know what is. The technology itself makes it so easy to know about, know who God is and know what the scriptures say. Um, yeah, so I, I would say that people are that are pre-mill, they look at our Western society and how it's falling apart and go, Oh, look at that. But if you look to the East, man, the church is growing. Yeah. It is, it is booming. And I think the postmodern school. Yeah. Daily. And the postmodern thought that we deal with here in the West, it's, we're slowly seeing it's, it's failure. Like how it is, it fails when it goes to it, 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 uh, how, what, what is that where it eats itself, right? Where like they're. Oh yeah. Like a self-fulfilling prophecy or, uh, you know, the, uh, oh, gosh, self-destructive. If anything. Yeah. It's self, it's a self-destructive thought. Yeah. Right. Uh, did I answer your wife's question? No, what I so actually scripture being illuminated and new revelation. Yeah. I wanted to, I know we didn't talk about it, but I, I thought it was a good question. And before you answer that, I actually wanted, she mentioned 
uh, this book to Brock. And this is uh, what I read that actually solidified my my stance as being a continuationist and reformed. What's the uh, name of it? Uh, it's called Convergence by Sam Storms. He's the also the same guy that wrote Kingdom Come, the Amillennial book. Yeah. Yeah. He wrote this book called Convergence. And it's uh, something like the something about the charismatic Calvinist is basically what he what he called it. Yeah. Like, but it's uh, it was it it was really good, man. Uh, I think he, he I feel like he did a really good job uh, breaking down how it how finding the middle ground with the gifts, like knowing basically throwing aside all of the abuses of the gifts, not acknowledging that those are the right ways to do it, but also finding the ways in which prophets and, and the various gifts that the apostles had uh, have been have been seen through the church, but also can be considered to be for all believers. But uh, it's, it's been a while that I've read it. So so I, I've had things happen in my life that I give God all the glory for. And I, I say that is God moving to the point that he's even given me money. Right. Like where I've prayed, yeah. like, Lord, I don't I don't know what I'm going to do to fulfill, like pay this bill. And then all of a sudden I get a check in the in the mail from a dentist from like two years ago that I overpaid or my insurance overpaid. <laughs> right. And it's like, really? Um, so I, I get that. And there's a lot of things that have occurred. It's just I'm overly cautious about yes, and you should be right? and everyone I'm, should be. I'm willing to shut that door because it's not adding to the standard, right? It's, it's if scripture is closed, then yeah. then I'm okay with just well, I agree that there's no new that. there are no new revelations. I agree that there's nothing like like so the Book of Mormon is not a new revelation. That is a cultic that is not God. Right. So there is no there is no new revelation. So, so when I say that the perfect come then, if so, there isn't new. Well, I don't know. I don't know why that isn't the perfect, because I haven't done enough uh, study to know about the perfect to really convince me otherwise. But mm. uh, and what is the verse? Can you tell me what the verse is for when the per what is the proof text for that piece? Like Do you remember three weeks ago? Hey, buddy. We got a new little kitty this week too. He's First Corinthians thirteen ten. But when the perfect comes, so here let me. As we trash it, and then I go ahead and pull it up on Google. <laughs> Poor Strong's. For so starting in verse uh, eight, right? So love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a, in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. If we if we yeah. don't say if we if that whatever that perfect is, yeah. if it if it's not the standard by which we base everything else off of, then this is still continuing. Right. This is this. The partial hasn't passed away. None I, of these you know, honestly, dude, I I wouldn't I think you could make a pretty strong argument that that perfect is us the passing church? on into eternity. Mm. 
as we're we're being we're we give we get resurrected bodies all right we are brought we we can no longer sin when we are in eternity when the when the earth is finally over and jesus his second coming begins the full you know ever sin is 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 oh is gone uh, Satan has been cast into the lake of fire. How do we know that that's not the perfect? We won't need prophecy then, for sure. We have Jesus. We have. We literally have it. We're living with him. We can't even, we, we can't, we don't have the ability to disobey. But if it is something beyond the apostles' authority, yeah, then these things, prophecies are still occurring. Tongues is still a thing, right? The, the knowledge, yeah. the, the spoken word is still a thing. These are still things that are. Well, what is the, what is knowledge? I mean, I, what is knowledge I, I, other than knowing, like the Bible says that he's hidden his word in our heart. So my response to the knowledge is that he's hidden that word in us so that when the Holy, and the Holy Spirit is our comforter, he guides us in all things. He seals us to redemption. So, uh, I mean, it seems, it seems logical that, that, the knowledge comes from like, it, it helps us to discern. It helps us to know right from wrong and uh, what we should pursue, whether it's evil, whether it's righteous, you know, if what prevents you then from becoming a prosperity gospel, Jesus, <laughs> I mean, the true God, the true Holy spirit that takes up its residence in me prevents me from saying <laughs> I didn't mean, mean you specifically but I mean reading this I love you dude that's the, uh, that's the best ever no I get it what I'm not prevent- saying that the, I'm not saying he doesn't interact with his creation but it's what not did his the, character to the reason that I'm not a the reason that I don't buy into the prosperity gospel is it, none of it reflects what any of the apostles actually do you don't see the apostles, uh, you know, claim proclaiming a boat. You know, you don't see the apostles like here. Hang on, my my thing got blurry for a second there. Let me see. Giving me the hand. He's giving, giving me you the, the hand, hand sir. Every every episode, he we gives don't me see. The hand. So that's again. That's why I think that those are the abuses. Like I and I do think that. I mean. I don't know. I'd much rather go to a church that they never speak in tongues because of the confusion behind speaking in tongues. And I do think that it is for personal edification. So the idea of someone having a prayer language, oh, hang on, my thing is being weird. The idea of somebody having a prayer language when it comes to you know them communicating with God, I mean, what does that Im- impact or affect me? You know, God has given me discernment that if somebody comes to me and says this is a word from the Lord and it sounds like absolute utter utter horse crap. I'm going to be like, no, that doesn't line up with the word at all. Like, so I was in this church, dude. Okay. So this is what started my journey into reformed theology. I was in this church and this guy named Troy Bravenbower, and I'm going to say his name and I'm going to, until I've had such terrible experiences with this guy, Troy Bravenbower out of Austin, Texas or Houston, Texas, one of those places came to the church as a, an apostle or whatever to have a discussion and, and he led, he did, he did the message. And then at the end he had everybody, you know, come up for prayer, kind of an altar call sort of thing. And then he began telling people to laugh in the spirit. And I was like, I am done with this place. Like that is, that is to me, there is no indication 
that the Bible has ever given that gift of laughter in the spirit. There is no there is no reason to believe that that is a biblical thing. And that was actually the, the first time that I for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, saw the abuses of the gifts and mm. said, said, no, nah, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with it. And it was much and it is much easier for me to say I'd rather there I'd rather not see any of those type of gifts, uh, especially in in the gathering of people together. Uh, and I agree with Paul. I'd much but rather what, never speak about That's what I'm saying. That yeah, right. That I'm just saying. All right, we're closing that door. But but and but, I, like, I'm completely I, skeptical of anything that comes up, and just when it does, like it's so if something happens in my to close that door though. Like it no, doesn't that make you a little nervous because what if it is like what if it's not clear, and you aren't tapping into and I'm not saying look I, again this is just discourse I I don't know where we should be on this but what if there is something hmm. that it's just not clear and and it looks clear and it seems clear and so many of re the reformers and a lot of the reform preachers today they it, maybe it's a blind spot for them you know what if it's possible that we're wrong about it that and then those guys are wrong about it i mean i think the idea of cessationism specifically for the macarthur type of strange fire discourse and commentary is a direct result and symptomatic of the abuses of the prosperity movement and the jesus movement that came from the 40s 50s and 60s hi how I much did you let <laughs> crystal talk? What? <laughs> Crystal, he's let me talk. <laughs> is this a thing? Do I is this a new insecurity for me? Oh, do I not let you talk enough, Logan? I'm sorry. Buddy. No, you you absolutely do. No, no, tell me tell me more about what you think. I'm here to <laughs> Dude, you let me talk. Uh, they're no, doing I'm... great. Um Yeah, man, I just I so there are things that happen and I don't think the whole world needs to know. Right. Like I've had things happen in my life where I, it was absolutely God. Right. But it's not something that I need to go use as a testimony to because what, here's what ends up happening. Well, God's not interacting with me that way. Maybe I'm not saved mm. or maybe I'm not worthy. Right. And it causes confusion. But when God blesses you with, you know, like, yeah, that, that, that money, that money story. So here's how here's what happened. My family was like basically because because of the situation they were in was taking all the money I needed to get to college. Right. So I had, I left the New Mexico military Institute with my associate's degree, went home for the summer and I needed to get to North Georgia from California. And before I knew it, just giving you a hard time. <laughs> uh, but before I knew it, all the money that I was supposed to have saved for me to get to college was gone. Mm. And, I, and I prayed and I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I need you to help me. Like I, I had nothing. Right. Next thing I know, I got a job at a casino. Actually, I was selling selling cigarettes, and I nice. I won't even purchase cigarettes. It, I'm oh, down it was, there, George Floyd. It, it was so yeah, hard for me. Every time I sold, like these people gambling coming into like the little don't come guy. at me. <laughs> these people gambling coming into the little like concession stand, and I, they're like, "Can I get a pack of marbles?" And I would just stare at them like, are you? "Oh, I this one lady, I was like, are you sure? Like, there's a lot of smoke out there already. Do you do you really want more?" <laughs> She's like, yeah. I was like, these are ten dollars. I tried to even like get reason with her, like financially. Like, these are ten dollars, and you can go outside the casino and get them for much cheaper. Um, Especially on a reservation, man. Nicotine oh, products yeah. are like taxes. Yeah. 
Not saying that anybody should do that. It's crazy. Um, So I get, I get a letter in the mail uh, for like a check for 600 something dollars. Right. Wow. And before I knew it, I spent that money too because of more things that was occurring with family. And I prayed again. And that same dentist sent me another $700, like to the exact cent that I needed to get to college. Right. And I took that and I was like, (laughs) can't screw this up. And I rented a car and headed out. Right. Um, I, I don't know. Like coincidence, maybe once a second time, not so much. My, you tell me my insurance two years ago overpaid this dentist for 1300, 1400 something dollars. And he just figured it out that week. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Um, but maybe so, but either way, I, that's not something I'm going to preach about behind a pulpit because you, if wouldn't, that's, if, you wouldn't give a testimony like that about no. what God has done to provide for you. No, not, not in that sense. Why not? Because here's what's happening. I prayed and he didn't send me any money. Maybe I don't sure. have enough faith. I prayed and maybe he doesn't love me as much as he loves Logan. Maybe think, Logan, because Logan's a pastor, maybe, or a preacher, because I i don't pastor a church at this time. Um, but because maybe he's a preacher, God favors him more. Maybe I don't have God's favor. It doesn't help, right? If it, it if it's salvation-based, if it's, if it's gospel-focused and not, God still moves and does things, right? And the if, Bible says that in all things... To give thanks for the Lord, to the Lord, all things. So it wouldn't be, you don't think it would be a good testimony to walk in front of your congregation and say, look, uh, I'm not saying that God does this for everybody, but I need to tell you what my God did for me and what I heard. I mean, I think there's a Bible verse that it talks about sharing your testimonies to encourage other people. So would you would it be better to be proper and say, look, this may not happen for everybody, but it did happen for me? Or would it be better to just not say it at all and don't give anybody hope to ask God for anything? I would say right now with the way I believe, I would say absolutely not. It would do more damage than it would do good. Interesting. I, I actually I fundamentally disagree with you on that. <laughs> I fundamentally disagree. Because, that. I, because here's the here's the thing. I understand you, why. I understand why. The, the there is nothing a pastor can do right when preaching that separate like when a congregation is looking at him it is such a powerful moment it's it's a it it is a position of authority i think we talked about we talked about this darren uh yeah yeah that that pedestal that occurs there it, it really you have to watch what you say and i'm not holding back like glorifying god because if i i mean i'm sharing that story now right but in, a, of course, in, yeah. in an instance where I'm speaking to my congregation, I need to be focusing on exegeting scripture, scripture specifically and its application into the life of, of each believer, right? Or how the believer can um, apply that. Would you say the same thing about a, he- a healing or medical miracle? Yeah, let's say that the Lord healed you of cancer and you're a pastor and he healed you. You had cancer. You've been praying for healing. You've been praying for cancer to be gone. Uh, would you hesitate to tell someone uh, that testimony? I guess it depends on the story. Like, oh, I had cancer and God healed me. Um, even though I was still taking, you know, like. I mean, if somebody wants to blame you for some reason 
that why God wouldn't heal them. Like, that's a weird thing. Like, I mean, I think there, there needs to be some common sense. Like God, look, the Bible says that God, God dispenses the gifts at his own will, right? He dispense, he does. You could use that as scripture to be like, look, I don't know if this is going to happen for you. I'm not saying that this is what you should be doing and you should expect this from God, but God is, is freely giving of the gifts, uh, giving of gifts to people. He's a good father. But here's the pros- problem, and I, and Brock, like I hope you guys don't hate on me for this. Oh, but they're gonna hate not- you forever. Dude. You're done. <laughs> there's You're nothing. Done. There's nothing in that story that actually affirms, without a shadow of a doubt, that God gave me that money. Yeah. Right. I mean, I prayed. It happened. Coincidence or? But do we believe in coincidences, Logan? Do but we really can do we really I, believe in can, can I prove it without a shadow of a doubt? Well, can you prove God without a shadow of a doubt? Absolutely. Really? Yeah. You can prove God without a shadow of a doubt. Yes. Okay, let's hear it. The resurrection. All okay. of it makes sense at that moment. If God rose from the dead, the, yeah. I think there's a well, I believe if we you. if we apply the yeah, I know, but if we I apply the you. same standard that we use for historical evidence of historical figures mm-hmm. to the to the crucifixion or, or sure. to the resurrection, then yes, you would have to say, Yeah, the evidence proves that he rose from the dead. Then why is there a verse that says that faith is the evidence of things not seen? Yeah, so the, the uh what is it in Hebrews? So faith is the evidence of things unseen, the substance of things hoped for, right? Um yeah. There's a moment in a believer's life where they go from, and I think you've heard me say this before, where they go from the evidence of things unseen and the substance of things hoped for to fully trusting in God. The same way Abraham believed God, not believed in God, but believed him. Right? He trusted that the promise that he gave him was going to be fulfilled, regardless if he was going to take his son up to Mount Moriah and sacrifice her, yeah. make sac- sacrifice him. He trusted God wholeheartedly to the point he thought he was going to he was going to resurrect Isaac. Right. So, yeah. yeah. I, I think if and I, I what is it? Uh, Frank, Where does uh, faith come from? I would say from the regeneration of the Holy Spirit. Right. So it's all still the Lord doing all Correct. of it. Like and there's so I don't think that there's coincidences, man. I think God does what God wants because he wants to, because he loves us. Uh, and he does uh, take care of it. He's a good father, man. The Bible is very clear that, uh, you know, if an earthly father can give you good gifts, how much more does a heavenly father, you know, give good gifts? And uh, should we not be proclaiming that all things come from the Lord, that God is, uh, should be, we should be giving thanksgiving nonstop, you know, for everything that, I mean, it may get kind of annoying. Like God woke me up this morning, guys. I'm excited. Like the Lord woke me up. The Lord blessed me with food to eat today. Like the Lord. So I know that maybe the Lord didn't bless somebody with food today, but the Lord blessed me because he's a good father. And I'm going to say that, Hey, this, my daddy gave me food. He provided for me. Uh, I don't think that that limits or takes away like in the culture today, when it comes to a debate about like equal equity and everything that sure, like, yeah, you could feel bad that somebody else didn't get the thing that you got. But I think that's the problem that we're in in the country today is everybody wants what everybody else has and is mad that they don't get it. Yeah. I think we should proclaim, 
you know, giving that 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 proclamation. Because what does that do when we are proclaiming God in in a public space or in a conversation? And I'm saying, well, you know, God has just been, God did this, or God showed me this, or whatever. And that person can say, who is this God that you're speaking of? Well, this is this is Jesus Christ. This is the God of the Bible. This is this is the 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 man God that came and died on the cross and and brought us into adoption. You can you can repent and believe in him. In fact, you should, you know, like, wouldn't that be, wouldn't any testimony be an opportunity for also sharing the gospel, the gospel? I mean, yes. And so what is your basis for being a sensationist? I need to, I need to really just sit here and humble myself. I'm I'm, I'm trying I'm trying to argue, right? Like I, I really am trying to argue this oh, point. Well, and, don't and feel I don't like we do should that. do that. No, no I know. Not. No, I know. Um, let's well, here, let's do this. Let to be fair. I let's think, have a podcast about more specifically about it. You know, like give an opportunity for you know we we've said a lot of really good things. There's going to be things that you've said that are going to make people think and hopefully things that are going to make the the two of us think uh, and move. Because I I still I again, I want to do whatever God uh, has willed. And and that's my point. And I know that's what you want to have genuine discourse. I'm just wanting to argue now and I don't want to do that. Logan, what is your basis for being a sensationist? I I think when we allow when we see the abuse that is caused by continuationist or continuation theology, um, we have to say no, and we have to just shut it all down and not allow our sinful nature to allow us to to abuse not only people, but abuse the Holy Spirit this is, as well. Not that he can be abused. He's God. But yeah. we 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 completely that that theology, that that system of thought distorts him in so many ways. Like his, the, the point the abuses, of the Holy Spirit the abuses of it. I think if you are fair, if you know. If you have been hearing my arguments, I don't think that anything that I've said, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think anything that I've said in the continuation aside distorts anything that God has done. Going to bed? No, I just... Okay, thanks. Got a hug from my kid. Nice. It's your um, ministry. That's right. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say you've said anything that has... Because sensationists aren't saying God doesn't move and do those things. Right. But we are saying things that give apostolic authority, right? The yeah. things that should be scripture. When the Lord speaks, it is written down, right? Yeah. The, every 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 belief, the whole body of Christ should hear and learn from what the Lord just said. And if he's talking to you, like I, I, I'll even say that I've heard from him audibly. Right. But I don't know if that's true. Like I, maybe that was just a psychosomatic event because I was in tears, crying and praying. And like I heard him like, and yeah. I, you know, don't tell, don't tell your church. That. I'm not. <laughs> I wouldn't. No, I just mean like, in the oh, sense God's that they're going to talk to him. Come to this church. God's talking to him. Well, listen, man, I actually I agree with everything that you've said about why you are a cessationist. But instead of saying, I would close the door on the idea 
Instead, I would say I would educate on the proper biblical uses of the gifts. And I wouldn't close a door where I don't think that I have the authority to close. I genuinely don't think that I have the authority to close that door because I do think that God will do what he wants. But I think it brings us back to how we view these verses. Yeah. Because well, if, that's, that's, if, if that is the case, if John is the final word, yeah, right, and the perfect has come and it's done, they the perfect being like the like scripture itself, the church sure. has been established. That is the standard by which we we assess everything. Then, yeah, he did close the door, right? Allegedly, when it comes <laughs> allegedly. According to you, <laughs> according well, to well, at least when it comes to prophecies, tongues, yeah. and knowledge. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, man. I think we, I, you know, I one of the things that I promise <sighs> you. What? Uh, Rachel's question. I don't want to forget that. Oh, uh, regarding to hang on a second. Illumination. So I would say yeah. that there is one interpretation of Scripture. What the author wrote is what he meant, and those are his words inspired by the holy spirit very but every bit him right so every bit paul yet the holy spirit wrote those words and what paul and the holy spirit meant to say is what it means we do not as the reader get the opportunity to take it and manipulate it into what we want with our interpretation right so it is our it is our job as readers to search out and find exactly what the author is trying to say but there's an application portion, right? What is illuminated to us. We see the same scripture. We, we read it over and over for years. We read through this, you know, this epistle or this gospel or this, you know, this uh, prophet, right? And we're reading through this story and boom, something pops out at us because the, the there's millions of applications that we can use to apply it to our daily lives. It's endless. And it's, it's quite literally both uh, living right? It is a living word, but it is very much firm in its foundation and its structure and it is sealed and it is complete. But yet, because we are alive and experiencing the world around us, it is alive as well. I, you know, and I, I do wonder if uh, I think somebody made a comment on TikTok, again, kind of confirming what I was saying about, I, I do think that I think you could make a good argument about the perfect being the second coming of Christ. And I think maybe that's what I would like to start studying for myself uh, to get a better understanding of, because I, again, you want to, you and I both want to glorify God in all that we do. All right. And, and I think that you, you and I are both uh, willing enough to, to consider hearing um, lots of different thoughts until we can get confirmation from the Lord. Um, this, I, I do want to like, this is not something I take a hard stance on, but where I am at now is I, I, I close that door as a, as a means of protecting the body, right? From protecting us from ourselves, right? I think Brock, because, Brock, because, good think, because think about it, the same, the same Holy Spirit working in me is working in you. So who, yes. who's, who's right? Well, I think it ultimately means that it's not a, I don't think that that's necessarily a primary issue because right. you know, I'm willing to say I, I can do with zero gifts 
from now on, as long as Jesus Christ in the gospel is glory, you know, Jesus Christ is glorified and the gospel is preached. I'm willing to be wrong. And I think you're willing to be wrong too. But at the current moment right now, we both have an opinion and we both think differently. Just like when I'm having a conversation with somebody who's not a Calvinist, it's okay. Like I do see scripture differently. I, I To me, it's very clear. The doctrines of election and predestination, they're very clear, but they're not very clear to others. And so your seeing of the perfect being the example of the end of prophecy and the end of tongues, it's clear to you. It's just not clear to me. And that's all right, because we still both agree that it's the gospel of Jesus that we need to make our prim- primary priority. Uh, what did, you stumped me, though, because you said uh, we're, we're going to have to go back and watch it where you're just like, where are you getting that from, though? Yeah, and I, I, I want to know like, what's standard is based because you specifically said about calvin words, calvin's my standard <laughs> you said about the words being written down you said if any time that a prophet speaks it was written down or it must be written down but i think there were times that prophets spoke that it was written down i don't have any clear understanding that it was every time or that it was mandated that every time a prophet spoke that it was written mm-hmm. so i guess uh, i'm just holding the view that if the god of the universe speaks it's written down. Could you put his comment back up real quick? Oh, yeah. Brock, real quick. Um, yeah, for sure. Could you, do you mind if I like address that? Yeah, absolutely. No, like, I don't and, mind. I don't <laughs> mind. Please do. <laughs> hey, uh, Brock, if, you're, if your wife ever sees this, like I, I just want to, and I know you're doing the same, man, um, just encouraging her that, you know, God, if we suffer in this world, if we, if we hurt, if we feel pain, like that, it's not a bad thing. Right. It is now because we see things in a worldly sense and we we don't understand how God is working through us, through our pain for the world around us. Right. And I, I get that it could be discouraging. Well, why aren't why ain't I being healed? So here I am taking the opposite stance of like why I don't do uh, preach these specific things. But maybe that is the gift to be sick. Right. Because I think I, all things work together for the good for those who love the Lord. There's no, there's no gray area. It's all things. And and everything I do, I always try to see uh, glass half full and be optimistic about it. Even when it's, I, I went through some really dark moments and some things that were, that were just painful. Um, and I choose to look at those things as, as, as gifts that God gave me in order for me to be the person that he wanted me to be or to, um, I'd be able to share a testimony with somebody at some point or to strengthen and encourage my faith. There's, there's so many applications for the, the suffering being the gift, right? I think for example, Paul, Paul was called specifically in acts nine. Jesus didn't say that he was going to make him his disciple for the Gentiles just, just because, because he wanted to use him. No, because he was going to know what it meant to suffer for Christ's name's sake. He says, my name's sake. No, I, I know you, I know you do. I just, I, I just wanted to hopefully be, um, I don't believe a good follower would give sickness as a I think you meant father, but I, oh, I, father. I, well, I mean, so for example, Paul, um, he, he very clearly calls him to suffer for his name's sake. Um, Please God, it pleased God to crush Jesus on the cross. Isaiah fifty three, yeah, ten. Okay. Isaiah fifty three, ten, yeah. It it and it did, and it it it's not it's not so much like oh this is 
It's because God is going to use that as something necessary for something better, right? And and if God can use Paul's whole life to develop the ministry that brought the entire West, mm. right, to, to faith, uh, obviously through through spiritual means, but then, I mean, we're all gifted by Paul's letters, right? We're gi- we have a gift to read of his stoning and his snakebite and his shipwreck and his beheading. We're... We're, we're, that is a gift to us. And to live as Christ and to die as gain. Yeah. If, if, I mean, yeah, you're, you're right, man. Keep going, please. I'm so talking to no, <laughs> Crystal. But it, I mean, what if we just say, like, what was it? Facing the Giants by the uh, Kendrick brothers. Um, they, uh, he, he says a very uh, specific line in the movie. They're playing a game, and uh, he says, if we lose, we praise him. If we win, we praise him. When I suffer, I praise my God, and I thank him for my suffering because I know that he is a good father, and he is going to work all things, right? And if I win, and I, if I'm in prosperity, I praise him, and I thank him for what I do have. The problem is, is when we do receive prosperity of some kind, we end up, forgetting about him completely and ignoring him and focusing on ourselves. Um, but Joe, Joe faith while going through it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at the, the suffering that Job went through all the while brought God about got brought about God's glory. Now, now God was not the active agent in which brought the suffering, but I don't think he ever is. I'm not saying God that was yeah. God. Absolutely approved of it. God absolutely knew it was going to happen and let it happen. He allowed it. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, even for the Assyrians, God uh, motivates their hearts and turns it towards Israel, but they are every bit responsible for their actions towards Israel, right? So he's not he's he is not the agent. He can't be tempted with evil. Um, it's just like he, but, he God didn't make Adam and Eve eat of the fruits of the knowledge of good and evil. However, God knew that they were going to and had and, that was still part of his plan. Yeah. You know, it, it uh, all of the all of the suffering leading up to Christ was still suffering that was necessary to lead up to Christ. Yeah. And Brock, I, I get it, man. Um, and, and I don't want to ever sound like I'm discrediting the suffering um, that your wife is going through for oh, being sick not. for four years. Like and, and I'm not saying that she's not, you know, faithful through it either. Absolutely. Um, I was just trying to be a voice of encouragement that. You know, maybe if I'm not healed and I have to deal with this, then your will be done. Um, yeah. Let's uh, let's pray for Brock's wife right now. Actually, let's do that. You, why don't you go ahead and lead, Logan? Yeah. Father, I, I want to thank you for um, everyone that's viewing this live and the opportunity to just share your truth and have discourse and discussion and have dialogue with individuals all over the world. And I pray for all of them, but specifically Lord for Brock's wife, that um, the sickness that she's been dealing with Lord, that you bring peace to her and her family, him and her and his, her and Brock's family. Yes. Lord, that whatever your will is in their life, that they, they, 
just find joy in in the now and in the circumstances and that the request is that you know the sickness goes away and that we i most importantly lord i pray that we all acknowledge that you are a good father and that when times of struggle and suffering occur we know that you're still a good father through that and you're working that in some way for the good of those that love you and are called according to your purpose so i pray that if it is your will lord to heal her then please do so yes lord and if it if it isn't lord i pray you bring them peace yes, yes. and joy and use this as an opportunity to move your kingdom to the ends of the earth yes in, in jesus name i pray amen let it be so amen man that's that's good yeah i don't uh there is nothing that we can do as christians that is better than praying to the lord and uh, giving that over to him um that is if we don't we, we can say that we have faith we can talk about doctrine we can talk about theology all day long but if we don't practice what we say and that is giving prayer and making our requests known to god pr through prayer and supplication to the lord then, then we're we're fooling ourselves so uh yeah we won't ever apologize for praying guys uh that's going to be something that we're going to do and if you were we're going to be the, the people that listen to this will be praying so they'll be praying tomorrow too and they'll be praying on wednesday and they'll be praying on thursday so there's going to be a lot of prayers going up uh, a lot of requests being made to the lord so uh yeah man um that's uh that's good stuff right there um well, so we've talked about uh, what is a woman. We have talked about uh, cessationism and continuationism. We've talked about uh, healing and the gifts, uh, and also the prosperity gospel. I don't. I still feel like we didn't really talk about the prosperity gospel. Uh, we. I mean, we we did. I, I mean, it's simple. Look, God doesn't grant your requests. Yeah, it, it's there is no other gospel. Yeah. Let them, let them, if I don't care if an apostle or an angel from heaven speaks a different gospel than the one that was given to them, let mm. them be a curse. Let them be anathema. Let them That's be right. anathema. Galatians 1. Well, what do you guys got for us? We'll, uh, we got about 15 more minutes left in the show. Let's, uh, let's open this up to comments that we can answer questions from any of you guys. I promise I will try not to talk. Uh, I will give. <laughs> I'm so bothered by that, dude. I'm going to have a complex <laughs> for, for at least a week. I'm so bothered by it, dude. I don't ever want to be that guy. You're going to go I, back and like time yourself. Like, okay, I talk, I talked for a minute 30. Okay. He talked for 10 seconds. Oh, dude, I already minute, feel guilty when I do, when I make a promo for TikTok. I feel guilty. I'm like, oh, I've made too many Drew promos. Like I don't, there's too many times that Drew's talking. I need to make a, a Logan promo. I'm such a, dude, I'm a mess, bro. As much, by the way, guys, like uh, if y'all have coins in y'all's thing, y'all just, he does so much work for this podcast behind the scenes. Oh, no, stop. No, it's And just, it, it is, it is. it, And it, this wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for him. For years, I tried to start a podcast and it just, oh. I never could get it done. 
Um, and you guys can email us at doctrinesofrad at gmail.com if you want to send us questions. We got a very sweet and generous email today uh, that, that yeah. was just heartwarming from somebody that was deployed and was able to watch this. And that the fact that we're reaching people on deployment just warms my heart specifically considering I served 13 years in the Army and didn't deploy once. So, um, wow. Thank you, guys. Yeah, we're uh, this this whole experience has been great uh, so far. You know, we're seven episodes in. Uh, I feel like every episode gets a little bit better. Uh, we get a little bit more comfortable. Uh, is this a new insecurity? That's what my wife. She's gonna have to deal. Look at what you've done, Royal Hope Mission. <laughs> Look at what you've done. My wife is gonna have to deal with my new insecurity now. I'm so sorry. I was just joking. No. You weren't joking. There's truth in every joke. I get it. I understand. I talk a lot. I'm doing it right now. I'm doing it right now. I'm proving you right. He's frantic. Yeah. Stop. It's fine. I, I, I don't. Uh, I, I, do. I won't. I promise you I won't be insecure. Look at this kitty. Look at yeah, this kitty. Just so look at the kitty. My wife got a kitten the other day and got one for her Hello. friend. And then her friend bailed. So now we have two additional kittens. Aw. What's its name? Uh, we, we named them, which means you're keeping them, right? Yeah. Uh, Stormy, and I think she said Penny. Oh, don't it's cry. Please don't cry. Oh, my gosh, Crystal, stop it, please. It's That's going to cause another complex. All for the, this is all for the show. I'm not that upset. No, it's this is all... Jedi mind tricks. <laughs> Don't please. Oh gosh. Oh, I'm gonna have my oh so here's a question uh, for us to close this out. Uh, yeah, do you yeah, think? Yeah. Do you think God allows things to put parameters around you when you are going uh, going Ooh. wrong in the wrong direction? What do you think? Ooh. Uh, yeah, dude. There's a whole thing like boundaries. I wrote this down as a note from I think last podcast boundaries like there should be there are god-given boundaries that that protect us i mean that's the word of god itself are our parameters guys like we have we have a whole book of parameters (laughs) to keep us from going the wrong direction but uh, maybe more specifically Teresa, do you do you think like are you asking like it does i always like when i pray I pray that God opens whatever door he wants open and, you know, symbolically closes whatever door he doesn't want me to go through. So, and I think those are, that's an example of parameters, right? Yeah. Um, Absolutely. He's going to correct his church, right? Because he who's doing a good work in you is going to see it through to completion, completion that we are his workmanship. So yeah, um, he's going to shut doors. He's going to put things in your way. Yeah, and so we hope so. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah, and I mean, and potentially let you let you fall, right, and be there to pick you up. Yeah, you know, amen. So that you have to lean on him more, and you put yourself in that situation, right? But as a good father, he's gonna he's gonna pick you up, and the the Christian life is he who falls uh, down seven times but gets up eight, right? So, mm-hmm. um. So she says, yes, but also perhaps sickness or disabilities, uh, not make them happen, but allow them. So, yeah. So like a sickness Facts. being a parameter yes, or a disability. But yeah, I mean, uh, I honestly like I 
I hope that God, like, okay, what does the Bible say? When your when your left eye sins against you, you know, rip it out, cut it out, right? Like, uh, I would hope that God would give us, uh, would give us limitations so that we don't become too prideful, too arrogant, too powerful, or whatever the word may be. Um, you know, I, I think that God can use those as humbling things. Um, maybe to humble you, to, to bring you down, to, to debase you so that he can build you back up again. Uh, or perhaps just to prevent you from, yeah, walking down the wrong path or going in the wrong direction. I mean, amen. I, I 100% agree. One thing I do think, uh, one of the jokes about the prosperity gospel is, you know, how Phil Johnson, the pastor of, uh, Bethel, uh, Hogwarts school of ministry and wizardry, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the fact that there's a there's a video of him or a picture of him, he's got like a, a finger splint on his hands. He's preaching, and it's like his the whole church is all about healing, and yet he's got this finger splint on his hands while he's trying to read the scriptures. <laughs> and it's like, well, why didn't God heal that? Your whole ministry is based guess, solely on healing. Guess What's he doesn't have enough here? faith. He must not. Let's see. He will destroy our flesh to save our souls. Yeah. I mean, doesn't, isn't that kind of what Paul says is like, it would be better for you to just die now so that you could be spared. Uh, I think he's talking to, well, it may be, isn't it the, the situation of the adulterous um, incestual relationship in Corinth where he basically says like, it would, you know, we should basically pray that God just, takes their life instead of lets them to go on sin, go on and um, sin. I don't, I, I'm not giving a good quotation on it, but there is that there's something, somebody in the, one of you guys will tell me what that verse is. I'm drawing a blank. Does that sound familiar to you? It does. Yeah. He, he's basically says that, you know, uh, it would be, you know, it's better for them to die than to go on sinning or something, something along those lines. Um, all right. What do we got? Any more questions? Anything uh, on the YouTubes? I don't see anything new on the YouTubes other than Brock saying don't name them, but I don't know what he was referring to. Your insecurities. Oh, don't name my insecurities? Oh, I have lots. <laughs> One of them is named Logan. Is that weird? <laughs> <laughs> that, I get it. You're not the uh, first person to tell me that. Yeah. <laughs> well, Logan, Logan has been able to correct me. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, our, our one of our first podcasts. Uh, let's see. How do you connect H N A H Hannah? Possibly. How do you connect to the church when it feels like you don't fit in? Ooh, great question. I love it. That, how do you connect to the church when you feel like uh, you don't fit in? That is a show in and of itself. I I went to a church that was oh so so rich in theology oh, and the cats. Oh. oh I thought we were being all philosophical. Don't name your insecurities, bro. They'll stick to you. He's talking about our stupid animals. Never name the cats. Um, But I went to a church, man, where, I mean, it was diverse, which is kind of a good sign, especially where I'm at right now. Um, The first time I ever preached was that it was at first African Baptist. And it was, it was educational for sure. Oh yeah. Um, but it was, I mean, they, they were they were theologically sound. They had a, a great worship team. It was just a, a great community. But like, 
I couldn't get along with these people for some reason. Really? Like I, I, running children's ministry and stuff, nothing wrong with them. It's just I, maybe I needed to mature more or I just didn't have anything in common with them, like other than Jesus. Like that was, that was what brought us together. Like hmm. it was, it was weird. So I, I get, I get what she's, you know, feeling like you're, it's hard to connect with these, this group of people when it feels like you, you don't fit in, but that's where you, you and them need to talk about them. Be like, look, I don't feel like I fit in here. And you tell yeah. your pastor, like, is there a, a you know, a, a community group night that yes. somebody's hosting, you know, and that's where the pastor should go. What are some of your interests, right? You're, you know, you're 21. So we're going to put you with people kind of your age or with uh, somebody that's a mentor to, you know, young adults, you know, uh, you, you play any sports. Is it like you golf? Like we'll get you with some guys at golf or, you know, and, and the pa- I mean, the pastor should know his congregation, at least his members, yeah. right. Or his regulars. Um, and give you an opportunity to fit in. And cause we really bring our, our commercial, our uh, consumer mindset into church, right? Like, Oh, they didn't play the songs I like, or they didn't, they didn't have the lighting I liked or the, the foyer that I liked or coffee or a bookstore. Like we bring all that into it with us and it, it gets distracting. Um, don't bring your commercialism into the house of God. I like that. That's gotta be, that's, that's a clip, bro. Good job. I like that. <laughs> yes. I made, I made the TikTok. Yes. I'll finally, I'll finally I haven't do made one in weeks. Yeah. No, I haven't made a promo in weeks. I haven't said much, I guess. Yeah, well, obviously, I haven't, I haven't been allowed to talk. <laughs> oh, man. Um, oh. First Corinthians 5 5 is the verse that somebody gave. Let me see if I can pull it up here. Uh, first Corinthians 5 5. I should just have my Bible with me from now on. Um, you do. Yeah, here it is. This is exactly what I was talking about. Thank you so much, uh, whoever gave us the verse. Uh, it says, you are to deliver this man to Satan for the destruction of the flesh so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. Mm. Yes. Putting him out into the world so that it can break him, bring yes. him to his knees so that he will turn back, um, you know, from his backsliding. Yeah. Uh, Rachel says, I belong to as a married couple. I did not fit in at all. It's it's it was challenging, true. but I wasn't a new believer. Yeah, uh, that was we. So Rachel and I were uh, we were going to a Kojic church. We were the only white couple in a Kojic church. Uh, what is that? It was, uh, church of God in Christ. It's uh, basically Pentecostal. Just, it's a Pentecostal church. It kind of uh, it's the it's the African American version of the Assemblies of God. It's the Azusa Street split. When the AOG came out of Azusa Street, so did the Kojic church. So it's the it's basically what happened to just, the Azusa Street. Um, no, there was a, a revival at the Azusa, at Azusa Street, apparently, and that's where the Assemblies of God came from. So apparently there was a revival. I don't know a lot about the history, but there was a split. There was just a racial split. What uh, The African-Americans or the black Americans became Kojic. The white Americans became Assemblies of God. And that was kind of the birth, the foundation of both of those denominations. Gotcha. Yeah. So we were in we were in a Kojic church. Uh, we I. I was saved uh, on the ship at, at around 20 years old 
And uh, I didn't know anything about Jesus or the church. So everything that we did, I thought was from the Bible and was scriptural. So when uh, when when I got married and Rachel came over to Japan to live with me, uh, mm. it was a very, very different experience for what she was used to. And it was really hard to fit in. And, and we as a couple, ultimately, we ended up leaving later, but it was it became difficult. And, you know, when two are one flesh, what affects your wife affects you, vice versa. Mm. So. Uh, mm-hmm. It's important to find a place. My my recommendation to Hannah would be something along the lines of uh, if, if you do all you can to try to make it work and try to fit in and it just isn't working, then I would pray that the Lord bring you to a new church uh, that you do that you would fit in. But one of the things and I'll just speak for me specifically is I I don't like introducing myself to people. I don't like making new friends. It's been very difficult for me over the last 10 years or whatever to, to, to connect with people. But the Lord really showed me that eternity is going to, is going to be with these people that I'm worshiping Jesus with on earth. So I need to make an effort. And so the effort fell really falls more on me to try to fit in, to try to find the way that I can connect with the people that Mm. I go, that I worship with. You know, if we ever meet in, in person, do you think it'll be awkward? I hope not. Why would it be mm. awkward? Do you think we're like, it, it just, I don't know. We're do like online I'm, dating right now, man. Do you think I'm like, <laughs> do you think I'm like secretly something else? Like I'm uh, catfishing you? Like what, I don't, what do you think? Is, is this really your face? It you're could. Gonna, you're not going to take off your face, right? <laughs> I'm a lizard person underneath. Oh, by the way, Brock said, I make one TikTok a month, which is a crime to everyone who follows you. Like, I love your content, man. I used to watch this stuff all the time. No wonder I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah. God, so good. I found you early on, man, and I'm I'm grateful that I did. I did, too. I was an early Brock doctor. I adopted Brock early on. on, uh, Yes, Logan will just move his shoulders. What does that mean? What did you do? I don't. I don't know. Is that a thing? Like Shaq in that <laughs> Spice commercial? The shimmy. <laughs> I'm glad you caught the reference. Oh, I totally get it. Because there's the the meme is like a little cat doing <gasps> wiggling its butt, and then Shaq's doing it, and then the yeah. cat doing it. Yeah. Wait, you're in Nashville? I want to go to Nashville, dude. I really do. Dude, I have a good idea, Logan. Maybe. Uh, Art. Arc encounter like all the other TikTokers who get together. Well, I mean, Rachel and I, we do want to take the kids. We haven't been there yet, and that's that's kind of in the middle. But uh, we could go. We, you and I, we could go visit Brock in Nashville. Maybe do like maybe we can go meet with the Daily Wire team. Maybe we'll catch Ben, old Benny Shapiro, walking the streets. And uh, isn't you know, he in Florida? Like he lives in. He Florida. has a he has a house in Florida, but I think they all also have homes in Nashville. So Pretty just- sure. So you just have two homes? Like, that's what you're going to... Okay. Cool. Well, I mean... <laughs> is it an Airbnb? Can I, like, rent it for... Uh, I mean, Shapiro, Shapiro is Jewish, bro. He probably has several homes. He's probably making a lot of money. <laughs> you're anti-Semitism <laughs> right now. <laughs> no, I'm saying he makes money. That's great. How is that anti-Semitism? Because you said he's Jewish and he makes money. <laughs> Okay, well, if I'm wrong, <laughs> tell me where I'm wrong. Asians love- are also really good at math. I'm sorry. <laughs> They're just truths. I like potatoes. That is another thing that 
this community that we discussed in the beginning has taken away from us. Stereotypical jokes. Yeah, it's really right? unfortunate. Yeah, like, I'm not going to stop. It just, it, it, like, I get racism. Like, you got it. Like, it's it's bad. But, like, what? I, and I don't care what y'all think about me liking this, but dude, Dave Chappelle, like, he... He's he gets my funny bone every time. Like I know there's some things that he says, and I'm just like, Ugh, I don't like that. Um, but I mean, there's still other stuff that's pretty good. Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> we. <gasps> hey, uh, Brock. Well, I mean, never mind. I'll ask off off the air. I know, I know. Oh, I like like when I do that. What? I was gonna, I was gonna invite him. Oh yeah, no, you no, you gotta stop that too. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, like, listen, the guy, Logan, is like, dude, I got, like, seven dudes lined up. I got seven people lined up in the podcast. I'm like, what, do you know these people? He's like, oh, I just met them. They're coming on to the show. And I'm like, when? <laughs> that was it. That was it. It was happening in time. You all got to see me, like, correct myself. In real time, he was about to invite Brock on. We hadn't even talked about it. How do you even know that I don't like I, I mean, I may hate him. <laughs> I don't, but I might. <laughs> I, I just have a lot of feelings. Yeah, I might have, you know. Uh, no, we actually, I want to get. Uh, there, I do want to do an episode on CRT, though. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. That me. would be great to do. Uh, and especially, I have to recommend Go Read Fault Lines by Bodie Bauckham before we do that episode. Must read. I've yeah, read it's, it. Okay, good. Yeah, I've, I, I'll, I'll finish it. I'm about halfway through it. So I'll finish it before we. We do an episode on that, but I know Brock cares very much about that too. So that would be, uh, Ooh, you are so handsome, Logan. Praise the Lord. He was talking to you. No, it was not. You are the, you are the larger screen screen. You are the, <laughs> you are the larger spoon in this situation. If you look at TikTok. It's you dude. I'm, I'm in the, I'm in your armpit right now on TikTok. It's not larger for anybody else. Like, Logan, now I know why Drew talks more. <laughs> Logan, now I know why Drew talks more. I guys, you need to stop talking. Look, this dude, I'm in his cool. armpit on TikTok. <laughs> Nobody else can see it. Look, here, I'm going to show you guys on the camera. You guys can't see this right now. Well, you won't be able to see me, per se. But if you look there, on there, yeah, see? I'm in Logan's armpit. Boy, that doesn't even look right. That looks weird. What's going on here? <laughs> All right, let's see. He's definitely in your pits. I know. Uh, you Daily Wire did relocate. Thank you, Lola Daily. Bella. I'm so handsome the Daily too. Wire did relocate to Nashville. That is its headquarters. Okay, um, but I mean, I, I think an arc encounter would be nice. I would like to look yeah. Ken Ham in the face and say, "Stop it!" <laughs> like look him right in his face. Like what? go to shake his hand, and when I shake his hand, just go. You stop it right now. Stop what? What are in you the name of in him? Jesus' name? Logan, what in are we Jamarcus' name? Stop it. What? <laughs> stop the whole, stop the ark encounter? What are you No, he knows. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. <laughs> Dude, I'm he dying. Knows, he knows exactly. In Jamarcus' name, stop it. Oh my gosh! I need to understand the background of this conversation. Um, I will say my my in laws went to the arc um, the arc experience and uh, brought back a book that signed by Ken. So he apparently is there all the time. Like I th I think he may live on the arc experience. 
He's going to take the left at the dinosaurs. <laughs> There's some stairs. I have a this whole is my arc. I'm just going to stand there. Stop it. What are you talking about? You know why. You know exactly oh, why. That's too good. All right, guys. Well, we've been doing this for two hours, so I think we're we're ready to go. Uh, we can't uh, we can't close it out by preaching the gospel, though. So go ahead, Logan, or unless you want me to do it. Uh, no, I'll take it. Um, so the gospel is, uh, in a nutshell, guys, it's that um, you're a sinner and you're in need of a savior. That we all fall short of the glory of God, every last one of us. Um, but because God is a loving God, he loves his creation, um, he has made a way for you, for your sake, to be reconciled to him. Um, and so Christ went to the cross on your behalf, and God punished him as, his, as if he lived your life. And so that on the day of judgment, God looks at you and treats you as if, he, if you lived his life, and your sins were imputed to him. Um, and that we know this to be true because he res he was resurrected on the third day. And I I can't make you believe that. I can't make you come to understand that. Um, but I think if you open your heart, read the scripture, and give just just trust God, He will reveal Himself to you, and He'll make Himself known, and He'll show you that He loves you, and you'll see just how much He loves you when you look at the cross. If that if that isn't you today, you haven't really decided whether you want to give your life to the Lord or not. I pray that you do. You take a chance. It'll probably be the best chance you ever take. Amen. And if you ever see Ken Ham, just tell him to stop it. Stop it. <laughs> stop. No, serious, Ken. Seriously, stop. He needs to stop. Stop. I'm dead, bro. This is fantastic. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but it's hilarious to me. Love you guys. Thank you for joining us. Email us, Doctrines of Rad at Gmail. Find us on Spotify if you want to just listen to us and not have to look at, you know, my armpit face and Logan's armpit. Uh, you know, you can just do that. We both have faces for radio. We're very, very well uh, taken care of there. We love you guys. God bless. We'll see you next week, Monday at 9 p.m. Email us and uh, we'll see you on the Tiki Talks. See ya. Take care, Bye. guys.